0: Again rather quick
1: you weren't expecting that were you it's only, no. 15. <laughs> only 15
0: seconds yeah
1: you'd think after episode 55 he would know wouldn't you
2: you'd think even after <laughs> episode 57 oh 67
1: yeah you think i would know
2: i think you would know
0: how yeah. many done? that's, that's Hello, because everyone. he hasn't done quite as many as everyone else in the room yeah, that's true that's
1: true yeah, yeah anyway guys
0: it is, I have great pleasure to introduce two guys that I've had even more pleasure working with in a past life at two different locations. So it was quite interesting <laughs> to, to bump into them again um, in this world of distilling. So, welcome, Lana and Ben from Tara Distillery. Thank I've you left. very much. Great to be here.
1: Welcome, guys.
0: Lovely to meet you. So just before we get into shooting the shits, um, we usually just r- go around the room and ask everyone what they're drinking on the night. So, same Please. with us. What are you guys drinking? You-
3: I am actually having some of the uh, Jumbo Single Pot Still. Um, mm. So it's malted barley, raw barley, and oats, triple distilled and aged in some bourbon and also sherry cast. So. Just beautiful, nice, creamy on the palate. Lots of dried fruits and yeah, just really nice lingering taste afterwards. So yeah, I love so this
2: one. Where's, where's that one? That's a uh, Irish. It is, yeah. Yeah. And watching, you're finishing it off there too, which is good
0: to see. Yes, say. I
2: am. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, I've, I've got the um, I've got the blue bottle
4: one. Yes, they do a fabulous. Uh, the, the, the gum powder gin. Um, mm, but they, yeah, yeah. They, about two years ago, they released their first single pot still whiskey. Um, interestingly, they're pushing really. Hard. A lot of distillers in Ireland are doing both the single malt and the single pot still, but they're pushing quite hard on that kind of dedicated single pot still. Um, beautiful drop, um, mm. really nice, Particularly because they have gone for that, you know, re- launching at about three years old as well. Yeah. Right. Nice.
1: Very nice. So what are you
4: drinking, Ben? I'm going for something a little bit different. I'm actually, again, another Irish little drop, but I'm actually going for some of the Mickle uh, Potcheen here. Um Mikkel. Nice. Uh, it's, it's Mickle's a distillery. It's a tiny little distillery out in Connemara in the west of, of Ireland, west of Galway City. Um, it's time, I used to live over in Ireland. It's time I spent a, a, a lot of time out there playing music and things, and um, it's a nice part of the world. But this one, it's interesting because it's a nice um, classic potcheen, 44%, so it's not too high. But the... Um, Flavors it with um, some bog bean, which is a, a distinctive uh, botanical from that part bog, of the world. Bog bean. But, yeah, yeah. From it takes. It, it does taste slightly better than it sounds, but yeah. All right. A bog. We're <laughs>
2: we're a bog. Yeah. okay. I, I'm I'm guessing it is exactly what it says on the tin.
4: <laughs> yeah. It, it does have a whiff of, of the of the uh, moors about it, but yeah. A whiff of bog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds wrong to say it like that, but I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. How do you how do you pronounce, is it pochine? It's it's, it's, it's pochine. Pochine. Um, in Irish, ean uh, um, is like a
4: diminutive. You know, It's like to say it's like a little something. So it's essentially mm-hmm. because it used to be made illicitly all over the place. Um, that was often made on tiny little pots still. So it's literally this little pot, like pochine.
2: Right. And it's effectively, moonshine,
4: Irish look, moonshine. That, that's that's a very look. It's much more refined that, than moonshine. Is that <laughs>
0: offensive? I think you yeah. got to leave the room. <laughs> spend a lot strike. of time. So was it? One strike.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's um. Yes. You spend a lot of time trying to t- explain to people what poaching is, and then you eventually get to the point where you say it's an Irish style of moonshine, and everyone's like, "Yep, sweet, got it." All we... the Irish.
3: For America. Exactly right. They
2: make it from corn. We make it from grain. Exactly right. Yep, yep. Very good. Well, we
3: are on,
0: uh, at the moment, we're on the... Uh, oh, uh, ah,
2: I Cup one wine cast. Yeah, I've never tasted it. Now you have. Oh, yeah, it's good. good. Yeah. and I polish off that much.
0: Very mm. nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's then, obviously, given to us as a as a small sample. Yeah, <laughs> a very small sample. Yep.
2: You know, in a beautiful, like I've got to show it because it's so impressive. Hold on.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it comes in in this
0: box. Yes. Oh, nice That's why. Yeah. So you each have, box is handmade, apparently. You so. get this. Ah. So a fucking
1: that that's fancy
4: that is fancy i like it yeah, a lot of design
1: work gone into that yeah so, uh, you could kill someone with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> just have a little whiff of the guillotine about it but that's yeah that's <laughs> i bet you for some time though someone came along we tried to bang it down thought it wouldn't wouldn't sit oh like why well, want to go down that's it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's a very nice. It's it's beautiful packaging, and they've done very very well. And mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for the uh, for the samples. And do check out that was our last week, wasn't it? Was that last? No, no not last week, week before. Um, episode sixty seven, I think. Yes. Oh, that was um, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, because it's
0: uh, the- absolutely stifling in my house at the moment. I've decided to have gin tonight, so i oh, I can get it to work. <laughs> So we've got um, oh, wild hibiscus, um, wild hibiscus uh Oh, tingle. Oh, so very fast. Not very good. Little, oh, look at that. <laughs> Little freddy bits in it, which are great. Here we go. Quite refreshing. Without yeah. the, uh,
2: the glare and whatnot, there's the also another beautiful label with the pewter and whatever on it. Yeah, with um, uh, some floating
0: balls. Yeah, that's it. Gorgeous, lovely. It's out there with bog berries, I, I I'd imagine. Bog beans. Yeah. Bog beans. Bog say that, uh,
4: Berry makes it sound better than it is. Yeah. <laughs> Jingle
1: bells. Jingle bells. <laughs> <laughs> so, where did you guys meet, and how did you get into spirits?
3: We met, we met a very long time ago in uh, Galway in Ireland through a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, I don't know, doing a bit of drinking and a bit of Irish dancing and Ben was doing a bit more drinking and a bit of Irish Our music. music and uh, we just hit it off straight away and you know, Ben stole a pint of Guinness in front of me so I was to like... To impress her. You know, it was straight
4: up to impress her and it worked. <laughs> yeah. And,
3: uh, yeah, that, kind of got together back in Australia, and, um, yeah, been married for a very long time.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's nearly, nearly, yeah, anyway, yes. um,
3: Yeah, he uh, decided I wanted to leave the corporate career, and I thought, what do I love doing? And I thought, I love drinking spirits, and I love dancing and music, and I thought, well, my river dance days are over, but... Maybe I can make some spirits that I enjoy. And, yeah, I thought the Tasmanians are doing it, so why can't I? And just talked about it with Ben, and he was like,
4: hell yeah, let's, uh, yeah. let's well, try. Look, um, Alana was on a definite mission to find something, yes. a, a career path out of the horrible corporate HR world that actually Todd uh, encountered <laughs> some with her as well. And and she, came, she would constantly come up with ideas that were all genuinely terrible. So I'd... I'd Got myself into a headspace that every time she suggested anything, I would just naturally go, "That's not going to work." And then she suggested this, and it was one of those ideas where my natural reaction was to go, "We can't." And then we thought, you know what? Actually, it's a bloody great idea. It was one.
3: I planned the grand plan, plan-, plan- <laughs> what your distillery looks like in three years' time. Yes.
4: Yeah,
0: so
3: yeah, I was set, yeah. and that kind of set us on a path of studying with the Institute of Brewing and Distilling, and we went to Ireland and Scotland and did some practical training and talked to as many distillers over there that would have a bit of a yarn with us so um, yeah that's
4: where it, it started was, was when, when we first thought of doing like awesome in six months we'll be up and running and it's going to be great and then sort of five years later we actually <laughs> kind of uh, hit the fires down
3: here on the south coast which yeah, thank God we, we were pretty unaffected down here. We uh, got to the end of the lane and we had 13 fire trucks just down the road, which stopped everything.
0: Yeah.
3: And um, yeah, then went into the floods and then COVID and we opened during COVID, so, <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah. All the big events. So basically yeah. you've been
2: you've been born from disaster. And you survive yeah. that. So, so I guess we could say that your um your survivors and uh on a on a technical front, inspired by the Irish. Would that be fair to yeah. say?
4: Yeah. Look, I, I think um as I said, a, a huge cultural background with Ireland um. I, I, yeah, I had a great time in my 20s living over there playing Irish music. And in the Irish music scene, you kind of had a bit of a, a connection through a lot of the kind of, at that time, kind of very early Irish spirit scene. Um, I think Ireland had a bit of a resurgence, well, it had a kind of a surge maybe sort of five years before we. Um, though, interestingly, not anywhere near the numbers that we ended up doing. I mean, it's a smaller country, but you could sort of see that real excitement about gin and, and whiskeys all kind of raising up, particularly some of the Irish styles like single pot steel whiskey. Um, So I think that was really inspirational, but it was also seeing what was happening here. I mean, the actual um, defining moment where Alana had the idea was actually over a bottle of Overeign that I picked up when I was doing it in Tassie. And that was the point of like, well, you know, people are doing whiskey of that quality here. Why not, you know, we should give it a shot ourselves. Yeah, Mm -hmm. wow.
2: But, I mean, look, as far as inspiration goes, that's up there. So now you've got you're, – you're in front of one still there and you've got another one yes. off to the side that you were showing yes. us. Yes, do you
0: want me tell to us do about, another tell us about one?
4: fetch up. I'll
2: there, it.
0: There.
4: there we go. So that's our 600-litre gin still moving over and this is our 2,500-litre whisky still, um, all made by Mark Burns out in Griffith, absolute legend of a bloke, um, particularly because we had some quite – definite ideas of what we wanted out of our stills and okay. actually went through, and we knew we wanted to go Aussie makers, like it was really important to us. Like all of our equipment, we got made locally. Um, it was really important to have that part of our story. Um, but I will say that a lot of um, Aussie makers we dealt with um, great, make great stills and things, but when we showed them the ideas that we had, they were like, that's great, but our stills look like this kind of thing. Um, whereas... Mark was very um, excited to try it. it was it, okay. yeah. What
2: what is it that makes your steel different?
3: I think like the very tall still. Um mm-hmm. on the gin still with have uh, onion head in the middle, it's actually modeled off a couple of Irish stills on the West Coast, Dingle Distillery, who makes some cracking whiskey and gin. Yeah. And also like, like, uh, um, so they're nice and tall, made of copper. Um, quite big condensers, run on rainwater. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Really helps pull our spirit down. So we've got a hundred thousand liter rain tank at the back, um, mm-hmm. and the whiskey still. We went with the lantern head, which is more modeled off.
4: Up. Um, yeah. it's, it's interesting because did, we didn't. See, you, you still don't see too many Latin skills in mm. the Aussie state. No. Yeah, yeah. So
2: we've had a question from Nick Hope come in.
1: G'day, Nick. Oh, congrats, Nick. He just picked oh, yeah. up. Were up you balls. waiting for him
2: to respond or?
1: No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, like, just like
2: just a pause. I'm like, are you waiting for him to say that? No worries, mate. Right, I'm yeah, just saying,
0: Thank you much, actually, please.
2: sorry. Carry on. <laughs> I digress. Um, so, has your whiskey been influenced by the fire, the smoke of the fires? Do you think? Um, uh,
4: not 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 hugely. In fact, I think in a sense we were lucky in, in that that'll hit just before we commenced any kind of production. So, in terms of if it, it, like um. Artistically influenced, um, yep. not hugely. Um, we've kept the very sort of clean. So we're going for that kind of classic, um, again, particularly with our single pot steel, that kind of classic triple distilled profile, letting the different grains um, give us that sort of interest, not necessarily going for any kind of peak. We, we love Peter, we're a massive Peter whisky fans, and it's something we've been wanting to do for a while, but we're kind of conscious that we want to do something that potentially look at local peats and things like that, something that kind of continues that story. We don't particularly um, for us, don't connect with just buying in Scottish peated malt and distilling that off. I still feel like we have to have that kind of story. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. What about the
2: uh, the floods? Uh, has that uh, uh, influenced your barrels at all? Just, like, float them around a little bit or...? <laughs>
4: Rehydrate
3: them, yeah. Yeah, just moved them and they
4: were up high, we had to we had to clear the entire distillery out yeah. when the floods came through because and it was it was classic because it's kept the, the floods came and then we're getting this trickle coming through the floor of the distillery and Alana was like we need to move everything, all the barrels and everything out right now. And I was like, Do we though? It'll be fine. <laughs> she was like, No, no, no. So we did it, and literally like five minutes after we moved the last barrel, we were like, all this water Jeez. just came. It's in. It's wow. Wow. Really, oh, excellent. Yes.
2: So well, you know, so she
4: was right and you were wrong. Um, generally, yes.
0: We also got another quick comment from um, John Halton. Love that you put an E in whiskey.
4: Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean,
0: Apparently he makes something similar down south, but we'll, you know.
4: It's yeah. all about you? <laughs> We um something we're on a lot. There is that kind of um discussion about the fact that Australian whiskey is is taken on that kind of Scottish form. But all, again, all of our big passionate influences have been yeah. those those Irish style whiskeys. So for us, that's the tradition we're kind of
3: yeah
4: paying tribute to. Definitely, yeah, we're
3: definitely following more the Irish route rather than the Scottish route. Um. So yeah,
2: we thought we'd add that in there. Now, the, to me, the definition of of an Irish whiskey, aside from obviously being distilled in Ireland, is yes. triple distilled. Um, yes. but there are exceptions to that rule. Obviously, very much. Uh, One of our favourite uh, Waterford, uh, yes, uh, friends of the of, of the show. Um, are you? Always do you think you'll always head down that triple distilled route or will you experiment with double distilling or is it you play with it on a case by case basis?
3: Yeah, we make single malt as well,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, so we've always made both single pot steel and single malt. And for um, the
4: single, malt, we are double distilling,
3: and double got. distilling for
4: the yep. pot. yeah, we, because I think it's, it's yeah, I think you, you get you're looking for different kind of characteristics and particularly using the unmalted barley in this in the single pot still um can give you a slightly spicy distillate so i think the triple distilling there can kind of um help that all meld together a bit more um whereas with the single malts i mean all our favorite single malts are generally double distilled so that was why that was the sort of line we went with that
1: would you say pots uh, and this is a question uh, because i don't know is it more challenging Uh, to to, to make than a single malt whisky?
3: I think so, definitely. You know, our equipment is quite still let's say manual. Um, So your grains, particularly for the single pot still, we're using raw barley and we're using oats, so they're much more difficult to mill. We've got a Certain amount of grits and flour and husks that we're looking for, and it's definitely it takes us far longer to mill the oh. the oats and the raw barley. The, the raw um, barley
4: is punishing on the mill. Yeah. It is, um, and it's been a re- that's probably one of our biggest learning curves. Is and if we had our time again to maybe invest in it, because the mill we've got, plows through malt, does malt break, loves it. You know, bang bang bang, sweet gets the, gets exactly the specs we want on the on the grits and everything. Um, with raw barley, it's been uh, a long journey. And I'd also say it's slightly it, the, the grain industry is much more aligned to getting really consistent specs on malt. Um, we've had much more variability with our raw barley coming in in terms of even just some of it has been really dry, some of it's been quite, still quite moist. Um, trying to get the mill to actually mill that up is been kind of a bum, hmm. to be honest. So that's, that's one of the challenges.
3: Also mashing in. Um, you know, obviously, we're getting a lot less uh, sugars out and enzymes, so we're probably looking at lower percent uh, ABD efficiency after our, our yeah. mashing.
4: Yeah, we're not using any um, enzymes with a single pot still. Yeah, which no. a lot
3: of pot still distillers do, but we're not. Um,
4: Keeping it natural.
3: Keeping yes. it, it, it real, real natural. natural. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, definitely doing it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: well, like yeah. um
3: yeah. um more heritage style mash bills eighteen mm-hmm. hundreds. There's a a researcher in Ireland working with Belandicillary, um O'Connor and uh looking a lot into what were the typical mash bills um for a single pot bill for the last you know couple of hundred years and the Irish technical file specifies how much other grains you can use so how much other oats or wheat fry um and at the moment it specifies only five percent whereas traditionally People more would be so that's the, They'll be changing that um, probably
2: soon, at yeah. right, least within the next year. There's a lot of talk about changing. So yeah, that'll, we're trying some more traditional recipes. So. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. Uh, uh, another question from uh, from Nick has come in. Um, with the lantern head, do you find you carry more oils, giving great depth in your whiskey?
4: We definitely get we do do the body we get on our spirits is absolutely gorgeous. I do think you're getting some of the more of those ores, but it still doesn't get too punchy. Like it actually gives you a nicely balanced distillate, which we're really happy about. Um, it's something we're conscious of, particularly with the single malt, because we're only doing it doing the double distillation. Is we wanted to have something that that still um, had a, a yeah, as I said like a smoother delivery. We didn't want to have something that was too punchy in the back end, um, but I would say on both the skills, we're absolutely um, stoked about that um, texture. The texture we're getting off the distillate is great. It's it is quite a, a, th- a thick, chewier oh. texture. Mm-hmm.
3: And <laughs> yeah, it's
4: and we, something we get comments on a lot because we do a pot chain. Here's a shameless plug. Plug this one here. So this is sort of our um, essentially our whiskey spirit in a form that's. Design to the drunk now. So we even going from that and having people's reactions to that, you get a really good response from
1: that just to having your spirit in that. Mm. What question I've got. So you you are um how can I put it? Making the product is one thing. Yes. Selling the product is another thing. But being able to use the product in cocktails and promote it and its versatility and that—that's another thing. That's that's a whole different ball game. Did you have background in that, or is that something you've just learnt as you've gone along? Oh,
3: lots of uh...
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> experimentation.
4: Um, I'd say not non-professional, but very um, uh, motivated. Yeah. Yeah. No. Say...
3: to the old.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'd say particularly, I suppose, talking more on the gin side, it's something we were very, very, very conscious of when we were designing up the gin, is to have something that has all these beautiful flavours but at its fundamental level works as a mixing gin. It's like we love it, we love how it expresses itself in that form, but if it doesn't come out through a a cocktail having at least that kind of general sheen of gin, it's not really sort of fit for purpose in that way. That's also our approach. That's why we really worked hard to have something Profile, it's also like they're love, like, like nice complexity, but it still doesn't lose that.
0: Calm your farm. Hello, farm who's that? Huh? My my pet cat is annoying the hell out of me. <laughs> very, very, very demanding animal.
1: Just want to so,
0: Hello. Aw. There you go. Well,
1: it doesn't help you're in a grain store. <laughs> if, sure.
0: I, if only she would catch a, a few of the mice, <laughs> and um, sparrows and things.
2: So you're talking about um more heritage grains and um, traditional Irish recipes and uh, approaches. What about yeast? Uh, are you using? Regular distiller's yeast? So, have you got your own special blend or are you, have you uh, taken some uh, some sneaky swabs from some special places in Ireland? What's the. <laughs> I wish we had that good. Um, Yeah, interesting. Uh-
0: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I guess we're using uh, traditional distiller's yeast, but uh, we also experiment with the two different yeasts that you can.
1: You can buy. We're not
3: making our own at this point. Um, but I'm waiting a few years to see what that's having on the end spirit. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just a lot of trials and recipes at the moment.
1: Yeah, right. So, when do, yeah. where do you find time to do that in your <laughs> What do you sleep, crafty? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do any no, do no, any no. sleep? Yeah. I mean, it's a,
4: you know, like, look. When you're stealing whiskey, it's always a tricky one. Where at the end of the day, you're a business that needs to create a commercial product, right? And yeah. you do have that. You, you have to kind. We've sort of taken a a deliberate but conservative approach to experimenting we kind of like we know we've got a kind of a base level that we like and we're just kind of branch because at the end of the day we still have a vaguely consistent product out there in the market. so kind of we do get excited to try different things but we're not kind of going Okay, this time we're going to try a whole bunch of alias and this and this and this generally like just adding to what we're doing or just slightly varying what we're doing <laughs> just
2: uh lucas from uh from newcastle uh what's this sleep business you talk about
1: <laughs> that's when you get to the end <laughs> yeah. one, one thing i want to comment so when you guys burst onto the scene yeah and yeah. i remember and i can see it on the screen your gin bottle with that royal blue striking design mm. um i know a lot of people that went wow So, without even trying the gin, just looking at the bottle design, it just really grabs you. Where did that come from?
3: I think, like, our thought was not only the product quality spirit, um, it has to look like a quality spirit as well. Um, Luckily, Ben knows how to use illustrator. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Our, our pattern on the back, I don't know if you can see that,
1: we actually
3: mm-hmm. got out of this very, very old Irish Yates poetry that was there in the cover and black and white and we thought mm-hmm. that looks a bit botanical, like it, Aussie botanicals. And it's,
4: not, it's very nondescript, the pattern, the beautiful thing with it is that, excuse me, we're next to it. Um, we people, you say someone I've got sea lettuce, go, "I love the seaweed."
1: You I love the. Hang on a second, guys. We're, we're losing you again. Hold on, we're just You're losing on your part part just briefly.
2: I know, The wind's you around a bit. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We'll try that now. I fit it, with back the, back.
1: fit it with the buttons. Yeah. yeah. Say that again. <laughs> what you just said, Ben? I was just saying that, like,
4: what we love about it is it's sort of botanical in a kind of nondescript way. So mm. when we're doing tape, we talk about the big juniper for Nights, People say they love the juniper pattern at the back of the bottle. When we're um, talking about how we use sea lettuce, they talk. They say oh, I love the seaweed pattern you've got at the back of the bottle. It's um, mm. a nice sweet spot where it hits at a lot of things without being too. Scripted. But um, uh, look, it was nice.
3: Right. That was one thing we thought about on ourselves and kind of It so looks comfortable. Yeah. have a lot yeah. of people who come to the South Coast and, you know, or even the people who live here on the South Coast, and when they travel by gym and take their gin friends and go, this is made on the South Coast, this is who we are, and they're very proud of, you know, they're, they're, in
4: on the south coast which is yeah awesome in terms of process it was a long process to get yeah. to there like it was because we were doing it ourselves um, mm. very early on we we engaged with some graphic designers and things just even on logos and all that stuff and spent a bit of money and got just weren't happy with the results we were getting at all um, and Again, through my kind of music background, I've, I've done sort of CD, art, CD design artwork stuff for years. Um, so I kind of had a very basic um, workmanlike knowledge of how the design process works. So we thought, we, it was one of those things, let's just try and see how we go. And as like, I'm, I'm glad you like it. we were stoked with the, with the end result we got. Um, had a kind of select group of people that we saw, big, lots of demographics were trying to pull in that we sent out, various. Concepts too, and I think that was both helpful and not helpful because some of them are good, mates, some of their own. So, that's terrible. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it was, it was as I said, we, we just knew that the big one of the biggest bits of feedback we got from distillers before we opened was making the stuff's easy, selling the stuff's really hard. So, we knew that we had to have something that on some level stood out on the shelf. And, I mean, the other thing we kind of made a deliberate. Um, conscious effort was was with, with this. It's really, with this camera. With this kind of shield element is if you've got it. Say someone's got it on a shelf, even if it's slightly out of focus in the background, it's still very recognisable as a as a kind of a graphic element. Uh, it
2: definitely does stand out, um, and and does have that very um, premium prestige. Feel about it. You look at it, going, that's going to be expensive.
4: <laughs> We're surprised, <laughs> <it's>
2: affordable. <laughs> <really> affordable, yes. <laughs> so Seventy-eight dollars, I can see for uh, for a bottle of that at, at the seven hundred ml bottle.
1: What a That bottle. And you've carried that across all your gins, just a different uh, a, a colour base, yeah.
4: Yeah, so it's got that nice presentation when you do it. I mean, I was talking to. Some distillers, it looks good in a power wall. There's a term I didn't know when I designed it. But yes, you know, when you stack them all up next to each other and it looks it has good presence. I thought
2: a power wall was something you put on your uh, wall with your solar. But. (laughs) Right, Right. okay. There you go. Um, So, how have you gone with distribution? Um, Obviously, being in the, the South Coast there, have you been able to get it out? Widely around the country, or has that been a, a bit of a challenge for you?
3: Um, I think because we started just well, just me and silver. um, you know, trying to get in production sales and you know, other point hats that you wear, but um, yeah. definitely on the south coast, like all the. Um, bars and restaurants and bottle shops have been really supportive um, from day dot, which we've been very fortunate about. Yeah. Um, with COVID, we didn't really get up to Sydney, so that's something we're only starting recently. So, we, I had a sales rep one day in Sydney and yeah, we're going well. So far. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're just styling different things. We've just done and then Mercy's BWS. Um, yeah, we're kind of mm. a bit of a mix of your independence and your bigger chains. Yeah. Um, we're starting to go into Canberra. But the rest of it has been Ben Us. and I which yeah, mm. we bring up yeah, we're having that and our spirit, so it's not. We both fight over <laughs> doing the distillery. We're both, our, we're
4: both production heads. We love. Yeah. We love this space. Yeah. We don't necessarily love that. Yeah. So Sorry. that's how. I that's how right here, you. Yes. Yes.
2: So it's a battle as to who gets to uh, run the still or not. It's
0: exactly. Much, exactly yeah. right.
3: Now,
4: now we've got a still. <laughs> we're very we <laughs>
0: occasionally so, so when i visited you guys a couple of years ago there was a, a distinct space issue oh in the uh, sense that, yes yeah so it, it appears that the shed looks roughly the same shot size so where are you storing all your barrels yeah uh,
3: well we just we were gonna build a new warehouse but i uh, decided it might be a bit risky so we've decided to lease a warehouse literally five minutes down the road from us um mm. storing so all our barrels in there which is awesome it creates a bit of room in here
0: makes a massive difference so
3: yeah, yeah you
0: don't would have we, to move it. sort of like a big ear, airplane hangar sort of space yeah <laughs>
4: yeah and it's and it's a big it's a nice concrete space the temperature fluctuations are way way less than here because yeah. it was quite punishing in here and we oh, didn't yeah. we, we yeah, we wanted, we we're conscious we wanted to get something that's a bit more moderate. Um, so, yeah, it's like a middle unit in a bunch of other warehouses. So, it's got nice insulation on the sides. And um, yeah, it's changed our world massively. But oh, we've moved all bottling out there. Um, okay, no, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> is it
2: is it more flood proof? It
4: is, yes.
3: Definitely.
4: Yes, it's on higher ground. But-
3: I approve.
4: And it's not the issue. With our place here is that we are, even though it's called, we live in a suburb called Narrow Hill, but we're actually directly at the base of. So uh, when rain and floods things happen, this is where everything ends up. Mm-hmm. So that mm. was the
0: issue for us. <laughs> so, so next, next, um, attentively watching, he's got another question for you guys. So, what is your preferred wood to barrel your product in? Yeah. Excellent question. Um, look, again,
4: taking just a nod to what we love. So, again, I'd say we have a core that we're laying down into just, just, just good quality bourbon and, and Oloroso um, from Spain, um, doing occasional little experiments here and there. Um, yeah, I, I,
3: think, I think we want to get, you know, as much whiskey down in bourbon and Oloroso before we do much other barrels.
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm. we had some good. We, we, like we tried some new French oak, like which yeah. was it was a complete yeah. shot in the dark, um, and it was it's actually turning out great. We've been really, really um, excited about that. It's nothing I would have actually almost ever thought about, but it was like a spur a of the moment thing. Um, but yeah, we're doing that, and and um, yeah, I, and I was to say the only other thing is I say we do, we've kind of got a, a barrel aged gin that is something that is quite popular. We've actually leaned more heavily on the Aussie fortified for that, and got really good results out of those. Again, like three hundred, like full size three hundred liter casks for that, um, and really nice, um, not too aggressive maturation. We're really consciously using full size barrels. We're not using any cut down barrels at all. Um, for that reason, oh, time. we we
2: we just lost you again for that for that bid. I'm having to fiddle with the buttons a little bit. Uh, you, back? Back? you coming? You coming? There you are. Hello. Um, all
0: my
4: you know, most interesting parts get cut off. I'm telling
0: you, that's deliberate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i about showing the passion, just kills them.
3: Yeah, and
2: and look, we 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 I, I've never really liked editing, but as soon as someone starts getting too excited, yeah, I just like to cut it off. <laughs> yes, you yes. 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 like snake to the excitement, eh? Um,
1: no, I reckon Alana's got a button. <laughs> and every, every time <laughs> bing about the go, it's hit, the, hit the button.
0: <laughs>
2: so your Blooming Gin uses rhubarb and blackberries. Looks beautiful. Wow. Gorgeous colour. Oh, um, thank you. I would never have thought... To put those two things together. Is that is that a thing?
4: Um, a lot of experiments again. Um, we've got, we've, got a lot of, we've your great
0: Yeah,
3: I guess uh, we're just making um, gin cocktails with the rhubarb spirit and just love the flavour with our gin. And I do some local markets out at Araga um so i know a lot of the the locals out that way and uh, they grow a lot of rhubarb and strawberry gum and things like that so um uh, yeah we started trialing some recipes with uh yeah their farm fresh rhubarb and we get our blackberries from which is just down south of us and yeah their berries are just amazing they're so sweet yeah. Um yeah,
2: so
3: I don't know, that's kinda how
4: it came about. I mean I just have to
2: flash it up on the screen there because it is the green label mm. against the um yeah.
1: the but
4: ruby ruby red. Just works yeah. well, does not it? Yeah. yeah. Really pops. That was that was a controversial uh not controversial, it was a, a much um discussed concept. We just we went in because going into the pink gin market, when you look around you see a lot of pink labels.
1: Yep. Mm.
4: People, that kind of space, and we we're again trying to think of how can we get ourselves something that's going to kind of stand out if you're going to put it in a b- bunch of of pink Um, mm. that, that that color's coming all naturally from the rhubarb, and blackberries, and like it, it, it's a beautiful combination of colors you get. Um, mm. but yeah, the green works really nicely. I guess, that we're so good at mm. But it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. we with the blue with the gym, we're like, that's the blue, let's go. Whereas this, we're like, maybe pink. <laughs> But, yeah, we're, we're,
1: we're happy with that, It, definitely. it so, works, works really well. So color-wise. for those
2: listening rather than watching, uh, go to uh, taradistillery.com, so T-A-R-A distillery.com, and uh, you can see the uh, Tara Blooming Gin there, um, also at a really reasonable $85. Yeah,
4: exactly right. Look, just. Honestly, with the pricing, it's something that we we really want to get ourselves into a place in the market where people come. You know what I mean? Like if they will like it, it's not going to be a one-off purchase where you go, "That's beautiful," but I've just dropped 110 bucks on the mm.
2: That's
4: something that's still in that kind of a everyday kind of Australian context. You know
2: I mean? Yeah. Mm. So, with your whiskeys that you've laid down, um, how far away are they from from uh from release, do you
4: think?
3: I don't know, like some of it's past the official two mark.
4: We have whiskey. We actually have yep. whiskey.
3: When we <laughs> will release it, I'm not sure. I mean I guess we're hoping for the next six months to a year. Um, but yeah, I mean we don't want to rush it, we want it to taste good.
2: Um, ready when it's ready.
4: Yeah. And I think, I think we're lucky in the sense that vodka is, is, is we don't we don't have a we have to relate we don't have an economic imperative. Hmm. So it yeah. is just and um, again looking at that. I mean, I was obviously in the different context it's years, but looking at the Irish and the Scottish with their three-year sort of minimum, being conscious of that sort of saying.
0: More oh,
2: line. Up. Oh. We've 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 lost you again.
4: <laughs> Fuck. Fucking technology.
0: Yeah. Have you got me? It's interesting I, that it always happens when you speak, Ben. I don't. I
4: don't say anything else. I'm just <laughs> you're done.
0: Just it's only, there and...
4: It is only when
0: you're talking,
4: yeah.
2: There's there must be something in that. Maybe it's a paste thing. Maybe it's a it, it is a button, you yeah. She's got a little under the table silence.
4: Right. Mute. Just wait? Speaking I, here. Just... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're allowed to talk. You're allowed to it's it's okay. It's okay. We'll let you. We'll let you. Alana may not, but we will. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, talk about the distilling the scene in your local area, mm. um, because there's there's been quite a bit of activity of, of late, hasn't there? It, you know, from from the south coast, it's definitely establishing itself. Um, is there a community down there? Do you do you get together? Do you swap information? Swap your pains? Is it like that? Yeah, I
3: love. Craft distillery, inside uh, Manildra. In the Shoal Shulha- um, ha- Shulha- Haven.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, two up in Wollongong.
4: Three.
3: Three. Um, and probably in the last year, we've had another two open in the Shoal Haven. Um, mm. So we like, we get along with everyone, yeah. we talk to everyone.
4: Everyone's yeah, I mean, yeah. before we opened, pretty much in terms of like South Coast, South Coast, because Wollongong isn't the South Coast, I'm just going to say that right now. It's a very controversial Whoa. statement, but the <laughs> Wollongong region isn't the South Coast of New South Wales. Um, no, in terms of South of Wollongong, um, when we opened, yeah. it was pretty much us, us and North of Eden um, who were operating. Um, yeah. That's excluding some of I mean, obviously, you've got, and you've got a lot of crew out there, um, but North of Eden, true absolute legend so and we're like so when before we opened we had really good communication with all the people who were already operating um joe Adger, incredible help to us as well when we started out and i think it's been nice with some of the ones opening up now it's like you know they've been in contact and we sort of talk a bit um and yeah i think it is, it's i mean I, I, that's my attitude in general with the distilling scene. is it's incredibly collegiate you know I mean? um i found that throughout it, there's never been a really sense of, of kind of everyone being for the close up and not wanting to hear what they're doing everyone helps everyone out everyone seems to get on yeah. um but yeah it's nice to see that as well and I, look i think it's only going to grow down here because this is a huge tourist like we get a massive tourist trade down here so I think there's you, you, we get people coming through here quite regularly who are thinking of doing it at some stage um in the future
0: so i yeah. think that will grow but,
4: so do you have an actual cellar door there
2: as well or no, is that no. something cards or is that steer clear or what are your what are your thoughts on offering a, a cellar
4: door experience? Well,
3: we, we might have some exciting news coming up
4: in the next couple of days, possibly. Um, um a
3: cellar door
4: opportunity. Mm. Um, not not at not the distillery. One day here,
3: but. Yeah, it might be locally in
4: Berry, um, okay. which is far from us. So we don't want to say too much, though. Don't want
3: to jinx it. <laughs> I haven't heard back yet, so perhaps I shouldn't
4: say too yes. much.
2: Anyway, <laughs> so people should ready. jump on the socials and the mailing list to find out more
4: Definitely.
0: Yeah, right. about oh,
2: something have. that may right. or may right. not happen in the future.
1: Exactly right. Look,
4: it's something
2: we're really in the,
1: conscious. in, going to Berry. Yeah. We have
4: buy people here through quite often. Um, people love getting the stills. We could do a sort of tour and tasting occasionally here and that goes really well. But when we set up we were very conscious of it being look, we had a certain pot of money and we invested that money in production. You know what I mean? Like that was always our focus. We wanted to get ourselves that's why we've got we've got skills that'll do us well into the future. Okay? Um, so yeah. Mm. We're very – anyway, hopefully this happens because it will be very exciting. But
2: <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned yeah. for more. But not yet. Maybe soon. Jump on the socials. But,
4: but I will say in terms of how we've operated as a distillery, I think we've been very, very good with local markets. Um, we made a contest pretty much hit every single gin festival in Australia in our first sort of year and a half to kind of get the brand, the gin brand in front of as many sort of – People as possible. I think that made a big difference to kind of hit and get our kind of presence around. Um, so we, I think obviously having a seller door and having that would be great. And I think there's a much mm. opportunity, but I think we've done quite well to exist and grow sales. With it happen again? I think it's win. the wind. The wind's just gone mental here. I don't think yeah, yeah. But
2: it, it probably is. The the natural state of telecommunications in Australia is uh as soon as it rains or gets windy, you're in Or you happen job. to live
0: somewhere outside a major city.
2: Or you yeah. happen to live outside a major city or in yeah. Todd's house. Um shit.
0: I thought it was pretty I, good. I, I'm just
2: waiting for the uh, I'm just waiting for the satellites to be blown out of the sky. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. So what so what's what's next for you guys, other than potential news in terms of Celador or, or whatever? What are you focusing on for the next, uh, let's say, a couple of years? Um, I think just
3: trying to get as much business down as possible. Um. Still keep up with the vodka and the cures, and, and probably invest in some equipment like a better meal And yeah, we quite manual equipment which is affecting us, so uh, we need some investment there.
0: Um. And if, yeah. you are, if you are Santa really nicely, you might get one. Sorry? If you ask Santa really nicely, you might get a <laughs> mill in your stocking. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I, it's one of those okay, things I think if you're... Very, Santa for a bigger
4: shed. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of those things where I occasionally get people asking, like, what's, what's one of the things that you realise now that you didn't think when you were starting up and, and investing in a good quality mill is uh, right up there? I, as I said, it's not a bad meal. It's just, it's I, yes. it's designed for malt. It just yeah. it loves malt. It, think, every time I do single malt, it's like, ah, everything's working as it should.
3: Yeah. I think if you're doing corn or wheat or raw, raw barley. barley or oats, then you need a you
2: need a significant rich meal where you're just doing malt. Hmm. Now you did, like, just, you, you did just answer. Uh, Todd's usual um, under the bus question. Yeah. Um, sure. So I think that's probably a perfect time
1: to... And now it's time for Throw, Throw the, the, Todd the Todd Under, Todd under, the, under the Bus. Yes, the well. These guys
0: <laughs> think hilarious episode. Anyway,
1: he didn't see it coming. <laughs>
0: didn't, didn't see it coming.
1: Don't blame I me.
0: I've still, still got this special.
2: Oh! oh. <laughs> he just kicked himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. It, it wasn't me. It was. It was Nick. It was Nick's idea. Don't. It
0: was Nick's idea, wasn't it? Was was the it? messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Oh, well, Beryl, for some uh, questions off the, the crowd. Beryl I've no idea what this is, so please help me out by explaining. What is your favourite Irish Irish SPS? Uh, yeah.
4: Look, I would say, I mean, in terms of in terms of historically important ones for us, um, Redbreast, particularly Red Breast or Stout, I absolutely think is is Single, still pot steel. One of, single pot okay. still, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I think if you're interested in single pot still whiskey, you can't um, begrudge what a service, this sounds terrible, I'm saying terrible, um, what Middleton did to, to maintain that style of whiskey. because, I mean, people probably know this, but essentially as a style, it completely died in Ireland um, by the middle of the 20th century except for when uh, those three distillers combined to create Middleton and the fact that they were the only distillery really still making single pot still um and, and making it of such a quality that it really has led to this whole resurgence um in, in Ireland now like it's it's difficult to find a whiskey distillery that isn't doing some single pot still I mean Waterford's really interesting that they have deliberately not gone down that road but most now even if they like say with Dingle they'll do a single malt but they'll still have a single pot still really paying tribute to that so I think You've got to pay tribute to Redbreast. I mean, it's still a fabulous drop. It's a, it's a beautiful, and, and particularly when you're looking at, it is just maltabale, maltabale. They haven't gone into any other grains or anything like that. It is just that blend, um, really nicely combined. I mean, that's the, one of the major reasons why we're so dedicated to doing the Bourbon Oloroso mix, because that's their main focus for their maturation as well. And you can see that really flowing through. I think the Drum Shambo that Alana was drinking for is, is a spectacular young single pot still. Um,
3: I think um, Cologne, which is a really oh, quite a young yeah. craft distillery and uh, your man actually spent some time out here in Tassie uh, with Peter Bignall, um, Cologne's yeah, gorgeous. he's awesome. actually doing some, some really interesting stuff there and he's um,
0: yeah.
3: very transparent about what he's doing and yeah there's a lot of exciting things happening there and yeah there's the start of it pot still scene over here you know when yep. we started so
2: what what characterizes a single pot still spirit
4: excellent question do you want to say Wait. either
3: one okay um okay i'll Sing- be accused of pressing the button i know I talk.
4: <laughs> alana alana would love to answer that for you okay. <laughs> um no, Okay, so it is, um, basically it is, I will go into the history of it. We could, we, do you want to go into the history of it? Yeah, people are interested, vaguely. I mean, it back of when England imposed its massive malt taxes um, on the, both the Scottish and the Irish scene that there was a movement in both Scotland and Ireland to start essentially adjuncting malt with untaxed, unmalted barley and, and kind of just letting the enzymes in the malt carry over and you're not getting as much of a, of a um, conversion as you would by using malt but you still do get some conversion of the unmalted barley so it was it essentially started as a complete tax write-off that's all it was um, The best reason Exactly right, look skipping forward until like the end of the 1800s where um, the tax got repealed and Scotland went sweet, straight went back to single malt it's the whole thing of at that time how Ireland was really considered the premium whiskey in the world, it was considered far superior to the Scottish whiskey um, and it was that what they that that, that uh, mixture of malted and unmalted barley they were making on pot stills um that was the whiskey that was being seen as that um so i resisted the change to go back to single malt and they kept that mix going because they were like we're onto a good wicket here everyone thinks we're the best why would we go and change it and it was just unfortunate the 20th century hit and tastes in spirits completely changed into that with, with you know with coffee stills coming in and lighter spirits becoming much more popular that you had that uh r- real surge in lighter blended Scottish whiskies, that the heavier single pot still style really um, died out. Um, but so in terms of what characterises it, it is, it is, in terms of if you're talking about what technically it is now in Ireland, it has to be, um, what is it, at least uh, 30%. We'll never know. At least,
0: sorry? I missed it. From my end, you just glitched, you just glitched right as you're about to tell us. <laughs> So
4: in terms of the technical file and Ireland, it is, at least 30% malted barley, at least 30% unmalted barley and only up to 5% other grains. So that means, and traditionally they were rye or wheat. Um, now, there's been a massive push, uh, as Alana was saying, there's been a real historical mash bills, because historically they would use whatever grains were to hand. There were mash bills where they were using 20, 30% oats. There were mash bills where they were using huge chunk of wheat in there as well. But um, because when they they put their designation about what you could call single pot steel, they made it that tight, um, where it was only 5%, there's been a real pushback about this kind of limiting um, innovation in that space. And there's been talk for ages about changing the technical file. And it feels like every single year, everyone's like, this is the year where they're going to change the technical file, and they never—they haven't so far. So, um, I so, mean, like, when...
2: about, so it's about the mash bill, not
4: the still itself? Exactly. Okay. So the real distinction is when you're talking, everyone knows single malt. You're talking about a single uh, a spirit, in, our, in Scotland at least, generally made on a pot still, from one distillery, all malt. Yeah. Because the iris is exactly the same process, you're just using unmalted barley you can't call it single malt so to define it as something different right. to be made on a on a coffee still or a, a column still they use the term single pot still so it's exactly the same as single malt in terms of mashing and, and all that sort of thing
0: it's just that you can't call it single malt because it's not and, all malt
3: and also it has to be just upper
0: pot still yes right yes. and do you have the same limitations in australia as you do in if you're making it in Scotland, in Ireland? Or it's, it's you yes. here. Well, we don't have a definition. A single pot still. It's,
4: it's the wild west in a sense. I mean, the classic thing is that we're talking to Peter Bignall and what, a lot of what Peter Bignall's been making for years and years could have been called single pot still. He, I mean, a lot of his sort of mixed mashed whiskey. Um, so people have been making that kind of style here for ages. Um, but we don't, for us, I guess it's more about having the tech, you're doing so we'll take the lead of the irish that that irish technical file so it's but but i mean in a sense you could yeah it's it's yeah there's nothing there's no no restrictions on on that term in australia Mm. i mean as we've seen almost not that 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 many distinctions on the term single malt in australia either but that's a different story
2: (laughs) shall we dive into that or leave that for another day
0: Uh, i think (laughs)
3: I press
0: the button. I, I reckon yeah. he should poke him with a pen or something. He looks like he's about to fall asleep over in the corner there. <laughs> <laughs> he's just awed oh, yeah, with. Yeah.
1: The... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just making sure. I'm awake. <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, listening. So, yeah, I, I've got a question. So, yeah, okay, go. The man on the street, yeah. he drinks single malt. Mm-hmm. All I drink is single malt, and you put mm-hmm. a, a, a pot still whiskey in front of him how do you sell it to them
3: i think there's an education piece in australia that we need to go through we've already started that with our pot chain. yeah
0: pot
4: chain is
3: um sure. so it's a way of describing how it's made differently it's distilled differently we use different grains um and then then the taste is different as well it's got that You know, we use oats, so it's got that nice creamy texture from the oats. Uh, The raw barley will add in that nice kind of spice note. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: And the malt, you know, you get that nice biscuity um, flavour. So, you know, it definitely tastes different. Um, Our stills are quite tall, so, you know, it's probably... uh, a delicate spirit spirit as well um, but definitely getting getting the, I guess the whiskey or the pot chain on lip um, that definitely helps when we're explaining it.
4: i tell you what I think is least important is focusing on the triple distilled part of it mm. yeah. I think people get on that as it's as some kind yeah. of parent element but you can taste single pot still triple distilled whiskies that are incredibly unctuous and heavy and oily and fat and and punchy and you can get ones that are incredibly delicate and light. I think it's, it's as, it's as useful or not useful as saying Scottish whiskeys double distilled. It doesn't really tell them anything. I think the other thing I've always found as a kind of a way in for people who are more like single malt heads is talking about the texture. It's got a really distinctive, chewier texture to it. It's kind of a slightly grippier from the, from again, from the unmalted barley. And I think you can give people that key where they can at least experientially notice that is, it, is it the right word i just may have just made made that up um people mm. could notice that in that initial mouthfeel i think that kind of gives them a key in and then you can kind of talk about how the grains have really influenced that kind of different approach but the, but a good single pot still has a lot in common with a good single malt i think that this is it isn't like a kind of a single malt bourbon kind of thing where it's like you, you're talking different languages almost i think that they're, they're kind of almost it's like a different accent on a similar kind of spirit Mm. Mm. yeah right that's a good way to
1: describe it
0: yeah yeah according to john halton apparently you only have to try it to be converted which yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: thank ready. you yeah.
0: but then he's slightly biased I, I believe
2: uh and we've also had uh, mark Springall chime in with raw barley is that why some of the old recipes don't seem to boil the wash Exactly so right. makes conversion.
4: sense. So we don't, we don't do, do any of the kind of boiling, none of that kind of approach to the, the mash at all. It is, it is pretty much bang on the single malt approach. It's just we do have, we, we've been playing a bit with the um, strike temperatures, because we've been noticing that we are getting a bit more play with slightly elevated strike temperatures for it. Um, obviously you don't want to denature the enzymes on us for business, but we have noticed that we're getting a little bit better extraction. It's difficult though because we are trying a lot of different mash bills though, so um, we're also swinging from sort of forty to sixty percent raw. So I've done that before Mm -hmm. where we've been sixty percent raw, then we'll do a forty percent raw. I'm like, man, I'm getting way better extraction on this. Like, yeah, because you're an idiot because you're not using as much raw. Um, So how do you
2: so so how do you combat that that margin of error there uh, and and document your your processes? What's your Only- process documentation process?
4: What's that?
0: Um,
4: what, 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 sorry, we just dropped out. We just documentation process?
2: So what what's your process for documenting your processes? Oh. How do you, how are you it's trying to maintain your consistency or or, yeah. or remember what worked to get that yield or get that flavour profile, get that outcome?
1: Yeah. And we- just, just to add to that. To make it a bit more complicated factoring in you've got that variability with grains and milling mm. Mm. so that's a, that's a real challenge isn't it
4: it is massively and I, I think part of it is just really tight documentation i mean documenting every element of the process from mill like the gap in the mill for each thing and, and how we're like, and recording you know grist and flour percentages in the, in, on the milling side and being really consistent on that and seeing the variation through, as I said, to strike temperatures, being very, very... We document everything really quite meticulously. I'd say we're better at that than we used to be. At the start, we were, like, throwing a lot of stuff and going, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I think that's the whole thing is that we've we've had, we had that classic situation of having two casts that we laid down early on, sampling them and going, that's going freaking amazing. That's okay. What the fuck do we do with this one that we didn't do with this one? So we're now, like, let's make sure we can drill down a bit So, you know, you learn those lessons.
2: And are you using, have you got just a big spreadsheet, a, a, a Word doc that you're writing all this down and how how are you recording it all?
3: <laughs> ben loves a good Excel doc. Go? Like I so, look, look. Everything has a title yep. and a yep. space and oh, we document As,
0: every.
4: As Todd knows, it, we used to work together. I My <laughs> background, I used to be payroll manager. I used to be paramount for three companies. I love Excel. I'm, I love spreadsheets that talk to other spreadsheets. I love putting one figure in that gives you five hundred figures out the
0: other end. Um, of course, I, if you know anything about payroll, guys, they tend to be a little bit anal retentive at times when it comes to detail. I'm
4: insulted in my life? No, um, I, I, it is, I get a weird pleasure. Clicking the little Excel icon on my uh, little laptop, uh, it There's is nothing Weird about that. Oh, it, oh, oh! Say, yeah. I was like, "It'd be good to get a little thing." We did, we make limoncello, and I've and I've obviously got all my spreadsheets doing that. And she was like, "It's good if we could have just a little slip that prints out that you know documents just all the details in that one batch." So I was like, "Oh, okay, leave it with me." Spend like <laughs> ten minutes up so I'll get a little things. So don't. Oh, anyway, makes me happy. I think the I think the uh, old uh, red. red in now, Good. Excellent.
0: Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. better than a good spreadsheet. Combine yeah, that. Up this, with Mrs. Crafty thing. would be well on your side at the moment, I would say, if she's listening. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. how, how do we document things, Crafty?
1: Uh, spreadsheets and handwritten. Yeah. They
0: generally start off as – I haven't seen a spreadsheet yet, by the way, but I've seen a lot of handwritten <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah, <there's> spreadsheets. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'd be interested to see those as well,
2: just to see. <laughs> yeah, what the, that's the spreadsheet is. The uh, problem with pieces uh, of
0: paper is they tend to get covered in sticky beer at times, and then we that, lose a lot. That is, we've just,
4: it. I will say, we actually, because again, I'm, I don't know with the stuff, we, we actually have fully documented um, kind of log sheets that we use when we're actually doing it. So I take that, and that's the stuff we'll go and put in the spreadsheet later. So that I've discovered very hard stock is, is, your, is your friend. Mm. Especially yep. with
3: all these bumps around. Yeah, we
4: get that wet. Phases. You laugh and it doesn't, it, it, it's very resistant. We had we had many times using classic normal paper where they'd become a pompy mess, whereas nice thick cardstock, oh, it's a thing of beauty. This is not where I thought the conversation was going to go. <laughs>
2: uh, John's chimed in. I call my notepad spreadsheets too, Crafty. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because it's true. Uh,
1: anyway. <laughs> let's let's talk about as a total. Oh, uh, we've hit the mark. Okay, we're we now ten. So barrel barrel management,
0: yes, um,
1: and barrel prep. Um, so what's what, what's your process for that? You you you, know, you 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 decide what barrels you want. Your barrels come in. You may not yep. use them straight away, or you may. You, you all over your barrels literally just float them out the back
3: we try and use our barrels as soon as we get them
4: yeah um, again lessons learned of having barrels not too long that but a uh, beautiful colanders um, mm-hmm. um
3: we've been floating. <laughs>
4: we get, get, get to know a, a, a cooper I'm, i've kind of over time become an absolute pest to John Cabri down in uh, Murray River Cooperage. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Often, it's, it's funny, this week particularly I've been on the phone to him uh, a number of times and he's an absolute legend. Um, Thank you. Um, I think, yeah, we've, we've kind of adapted our process to now make sure we try and get a bank of new mate ready, get the barrels in fill them pretty much as soon as we can. So we're like, um, that's made a big difference. Yeah. Um, Oh, it, but it, it, we're still always learning. Like I'd say that the shipment of bourbon barrels we got last week um, were the driest barrels we'd ever got from a, um, ever. Um, they were they were very, very nearly to the point of unusability. And it was only through
3: John. Not from John.
4: No, it wasn't. I should say they weren't from John. Even he, That's what I mean. He's a lovely guy. It had nothing to do with him at all. Um, but he, through him talking me down and sort of talking me through, um, we kind of got it to a point. A lot of it, I mean, uh, in terms of what we're actually doing, it is, it is, I mean, we're just doing the kind of classic tightening and steaming and really like extended steaming to really kind of heat it up, saturate it. Um, uh, but, uh, except we, I mean, we just recently uh, got some wet Oloroso barrels, so we're not not doing any steaming with that. We just we just dump what's in that and, and, and refill. Yeah. Um, as long as it smells all right, um, which they have. Thank you. Um, just yeah, give it a really light Titan and then just, and just just refill them after that. But um, it's, it's weeks like last week where I had four barrels and thought, we're not going to be able to use any of them, that having a good mate as a cooper helps. Mm. Because, as, barrels, as we all know, cost an absolute truck ton. And, and, and for us, anyway, we had all of our containers full of new mate. We, could, we had to essentially yeah. shut down production because those barrels had come in late as well. So we were waiting about four weeks for the barrels to come in. So we hadn't made anything for ages because we didn't have any room to store any new makes. So the fact that they came in and I that couple of days thinking we're not going to actually be able to fill any barrels, um, it, was, it, was a low, it was a low time.
1: Mm, yeah, that would have been did
2: stressful. Did yeah. you yeah. – through, through that stress and, in, and, and eventually success in getting the barrels filled, yep. what were your plan Bs that were going through your mind?
4: Oh, genuinely, loading up the – driving down to Corowa and getting John to look at them. Genuinely, it's mm. about it's about from here. Um, that's I was having that conversation with him of like, oh, we will see you in a couple of days. Um, but then he was doing like, just try this, don't stress, let rest it, don't freak out, tighten them up again, um, and we got there. Yay. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Mm. Well done.
2: <laughs> that, I bet that I bet that was satisfying. Once you once you filled them, you're like, oh, thank fuck for that. Well,
4: <laughs> after you spend an hour circling them to make sure they're not leaking anywhere and stressing about it, yeah, yeah. And
3: the entirely oh. like we have like fifteen tanks, we're all full, and yeah. we literally couldn't distill
4: anything because like, we'd even ended up using some gin storage tanks to put new make in. But, you know, it's like the it, uh, gin production stopped as well because we were. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah right. great because we we'd done the other thing before where we'd like order barrels and then not fill them for three months and then they'd been a disaster when we tried to fill them at that point so we thought we were being clever we'll like, just order them when we've got the new but there's got to be a sweet point spot somewhere in between there but i do in a funny way i feel more confident that if, if we got some slightly or let barrels get to a slightly dry point i think i could probably get back more now
2: through that learning period. experience
0: yes also,
2: learning experience that's invaluable you can't buy that <laughs> <laughs> all right well we've hit we've we're we're about to hit the hour 15 mark yep. uh, we generally like to try and keep it tight to a, to an hour uh, it's been absolutely lovely chatting with you um, we there are there's a bit of love there uh, john helton uh, <laughs> can't wait to try your whisk e. <laughs> <laughs> in there, uh, just for good measure, uh, definitely jump on to the website, uh, which is here tara, t a r a distillery.com. Uh, jump on the mailing list and the socials, I'm sure. From there, actually, I didn't even notice the mailing list, but definitely jump on the socials, uh, and stay tuned for the uh upcoming notifications
0: yeah and if uh, you happen to be in the south coast this weekend you can meet these guys at the south coast food and wine festival. festival so mm. get yourself along there and say hi to them in person that would be
2: awesome, that would um, be awesome. while i think of it um there's a book that's oh. not uh not really irish related uh, but story of Jim McEwen, uh, you can buy that from our website. You can indeed, yep, yep. Uh, which is the
1: master Ireland. you <laughs> can see it almost. Well, I think
0: yeah. on yeah, well, we a clear
1: day, you can, I think, yeah. On a clear day, I believe so.
0: Yeah,
1: so you
2: can go to uh, shootingtheshit.com.au and pick up your copy of that. Uh, we'll even sign it for you if you like. <laughs>
1: Because Jim mm-hmm. won't.
2: No, but we will. <laughs> that makes it extra special. Extra special. Yeah. Extra special. Uh we are sort of slowing down towards the uh the end of the year. Uh, but we do have an our next uh shit session will be next week.
0: Um, if I find someone at the moment it's blank, but um the week the fortnight after that hopefully will be uh, Byron Bay, Byron Distillery,
2: right? Okay,
1: so Byron. that's heading
2: into uh towards the end of October there. So we yeah. may be back, next week. we may not, we'll see how we go.
1: TBA,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So actually the next, the next the 26th of, of October will be um Ballerine Distillery mm. down in Victoria,
1: yes, on the yes. Ballerine Peninsula, yeah, yeah, that kind of
2: makes sense. <laughs>
1: So says Flurio. Eh? <laughs>
2: Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Uh thank you all for joining us. Uh like and subscribe, all those things, and we will see you when we see you. Uh thank you yeah. uh Ben and Alana. Yep, thank you. Yeah,
1: thanks guys. And thank you. Uh,
2: look forward to uh, getting some uh some poutine. Ooh. Murdered that. Absolutely fucking
4: murdered that. That's uh right. I, I, I think... <laughs> Means that Canadian uh, chip dish, but still, it's,
2: it's delicious. that's where it is. Chips and gravy had been. No, chip, pop- chips and mayo. Now out. I'm hungry. Damn it! <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the credits. Thank you all. Bye.